This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada on a Monday morning. Zacchino, Scully, Weeks, we're all in the house this morning to get ready for what is, I guess, a new era, Adam, in the uh, world of GTC. Not used to doing Mondays, but uh, here we are, 10 to noon, our new time slot on TSN 1050 and 7 to 9, a repeat every Monday evening. And uh, I'm looking forward to the new time slot. Skulls gives us a chance to kind of wrap up the world of golf and what happened on the weekend uh and really dive into what was a crazy week in the world of golf and an incredible performance by Colin Morikawa. Yeah, a really unbelievable performance by Colin Morikawa and we'll get into it more throughout the 2 hours of the show but you know he was a guy who struck the ball struck the ball so well changed his putting grip he had a lesson from Marco Mira had a lesson from, from Paul Azinger on the chipping side of things what an unbelievable performance after struggling through the first portion of 2021 but we'll get into Morikawa much more as the show continues. And I'm Bob Weeks with us as well for the first part of the show. Bob, how are you this morning? And are we allowed to talk about your commercial shoot? Uh, uh, or is this is this public knowledge? And uh, what are we shooting this morning? If if it is, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually down kind of closer to your neighborhood, Mark. I'm sitting outside. Uh, I'm looking at Lake Ontario. I'm at the beach right now, and uh, it's not a shoot at the beach. I'm it's right around here, but. We're going to do a little shoot uh, that you're going to see during the uh, the briar and uh, all the curling that's coming up on TSN. Briar starts Friday, of course, so it's a little curling related stuff. This is always my uh, double up time of time of the year, but because uh, so we'll you're be not busy in enough, right? Because golf no, exactly. has such a yeah, it's got such a long off season, Bob. Golf that you know, yeah. you, of course, you need this, right? Yeah, that's right. We had a big finish last night with the Scotties Tournament of Hearts. So it was, uh, let's see, there was the Champions Tour with Mike Weir. There was uh, the, the the WGC. And then, of course, there was uh, the LPGA and uh, the Puerto Rico Tournament. And, uh, uh, you know, we've got everything. So it's uh, it's always a good time, though. Lots of going on. Yeah, I try not to complain. I was doing, you know, another seven-hour shift for PGA Tour Radio, but at least I am just focusing on one golf tournament <laughs> at a time, not uh, not the circus you have going on. We've got a jam-packed two hours. Uh, Bob went one-on-one with Adam Hadwin. Uh, we're coming up on a year of the anniversary of when all of us were at the Players' Championship in Sawgrass, and the plug got pulled on the PGA Tour season, and... They had to manage coronavirus, and how uh, was the golf world going to continue? Was the tour going to continue? And Bob had a chance to talk to Adam about what it's like a year later, just going back to that moment in time, the tour's COVID-19 response, state of his game, etc. So we're going to hear Bob and Adam Hadwin uh, on today's show. My colleague, Fred Fred Albers, from my PGA Tour radio team, is going to be by at 11. This morning, Freddie walked uh, 36 holes, calling the action with Colin Morikawa this week at the World Golf Championship, Workday Championship. So he had a first eye-hand account of shot for shot. We'll get uh, Freddie's perspective on what happened at the World Golf Championship this weekend. Winners, weird, and what? Lots to get to there. Uh, also, we're going to give away our first $100 gift card this week from Mr. Butcher. Mr. Butcher, new... Uh, New sponsor on today's show. We'll give you a trivia question uh, near the end of uh, hour one, and we'll take the first caller with the right answer at the end of hour one. We're going to give away a $100 gift card to Mr. Butcher 
some of the best meat product you will find anywhere in the city. I know Bob and I are already uh, big uh, consumers of Mr. Butcher. We, we we take down a lot of meat, Bob, you and I, uh, so far. So, <laughs> red uh, meat look, red meat for the boys. Red meat for the boys. And uh, we'll get you some information as well on a Mr. Butcher grand prize that we're going to give away at the end of the summer as well. we got 20 weeks of tailor-made information I mean, we're going to hear from Colin Morikawa, the winner at the WGC, the number four player now in the world. But first, let's get to some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Everybody knows one. Well, he's uh, number four player in the world now, Bob. He's 24 years of age. He joins Tiger Woods as the only other player before the age of 25 to not only have a World Golf Championship event and a major under his belt, He's a four-time winner, Colin Morikawa, uh, very impressive. And what I find so impressive about this class, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of throw Hovland in there a bit. Obviously, Hovland's a multiple winner, not to the same extent as Colin Morikawa, but just young, this young crew now, they close, Bob. They don't melt with 54-hole leads. When they get leads on Sundays, they slam the door. I mean... He was just so he was he was just so methodical the way he went through his process. It was it was very impressive to watch. Yeah, I love the maturity of him. You know, he's he's really a, a calm. He's really focused, and you can you can you know hear in his voice how uh, I think almost respectful he is of the game and of the PGA Tour. I like the comment he made after this round on Saturday. He said. You know, when you're on, on, in the PGA, playing on the PGA Tour, you have to have the memory of a goldfish. He said, you don't want to remember the bad shots. You don't want to think about the good shots, especially when you're going into the final round with two-shot lead. You just got to go out there and play every shot one at a time. I know it sounds so so cliche, but I love that about him. You know, you don't get too wrapped up either way in, in what you've done. You kind of focus on what you've got to do. You know, I agree with you a, a thousand percent, and... I also love the you, you use the word maturity, and I think that's a perfect word, especially you know considering we're talking about a 24-year-old. I'm shocked that we can talk about a level of maturity already in a guy like this. But he also he also had to de- deflect some fairly negative, com- I don't want to say negative comments, but a narrative that would follow him. He's not a good enough putter. He doesn't hit it far enough. I mean, this has been the narrative now on a four-time champion. He goes back to the drawing board on his putting. Wow, the putter this weekend was absolutely brilliant. And, well, you know what? I didn't see a problem with how far he's hitting it. That concession's a big boy golf club, and you know what? There was a lot of guys that hit it further than him that you know, fell way shorter behind him. He's, he, to me, has got a pretty complete game. You know, if you said what was his weak part, you might have pointed to his putting, but he... Look, he said, he, all I want to do is get better. As Adam Scully said at the start, you know, he went and saw Marco Mira or had, ran into him a couple of weeks ago, had a little bit of a lesson, changed his putting grip. Same thing with his, uh, with his wedge play uh, with Paul Azinger, kind of learned how to use the bounce on that club. And, uh, and I just love a guy who wants to improve, and I think, uh, I think he's only going to continue to try and get better and will get better as, uh, as we go along. Yeah, later on in the show, if there's one part of his game, and this is, you know, we're talking about, again, a four-time champion and a guy who just shot 18 under at the concession to win the WGC. But if there's a part of his game that still might have some question marks, and I saw some squirrely-type behavior where it's kind of putting-bailed him out, which might hold him back at places like Augusta, for example, there still needs to be some work done in the chipping game around the greens. He made a bunch of 10-footers and 8-footers after 
some chips that you would have thought would have been inside a five foot circle. And, you know, he was going to hybrids and fairway metals and kind of bumping the ball a lot along the ground. And I don't want to call them band-aids because it's nice to have a variety of shots in the bag, but we'll certainly chat with it later in the show with Fred Alvers, who, who got a bird's eye view of some of those shots where all of a sudden that eight footer that finds the bottom of the cup certainly makes that mediocre chip look a lot better. And we'll see, but Brilliant performance by him. Great performance in Puerto Rico. For anyone listening who doesn't know, there was two events really on the PGA Tour this week. The World Golf Championship event is an event run by uh, the Federation of PGAs and recognized on both the European Tour and the PGA Tour as a World Golf Championship event. But for everyone who doesn't make that WGC limited field, which is hard to get into, which is a huge basket of players, Bob, that have a Hard time finding a place to play this time of year. I'm looking at the schedule and I'm going, man, if, if you're not in the top 100 players in the world, it's hard to find a place to play golf right now um, coming into this Florida swing. The opposite field event this week was Puerto Rico. It looked like Jonathan Vegas had this thing in the bag. Brandon Grace, a month after losing his father to coronavirus, a guy who's won nine times on the PGA Tour, only once on the big tour, whose world golf ranking in the last 12 months has really kind of gone off a cliff. He goes eagle birdie to finish the golf tournament to win by one in Puerto Rico. That's a pretty good news story. Yeah, and uh, did it in style, too. That eagle was a was a old shot out of the bunker. Um, I, like, I like Brandon Grace's uh, determination. I think he's a very, very good player, and it has been tough to sort of watch him slide a little bit. Um, I'm very happy because I picked him in my golf pool this year, my year-long golf pool. So it's, even though it's not the first-place check from the WGC, it still adds to my total. But um, <laughs> got to like that. And also a shout-out to Roger Sloan, who is one of those guys, you know, fighting to kind of keep himself above the waterline on, uh, on the FedEx Cup. And he birdied the last four holes to finish up in a tie for 22nd, I believe it is, and, uh, and a, one of his best finishes of the season so far. Yeah, we should say a shout-out as well to Mackenzie Hughes, who was the only player, the only Canadian player in the field this week at the World Golf Championship event, which is a little disappointing considering all the the great play we've had from Team Canada in the last 12 months and the presence that we have had at major championships and will have again in April at the Masters in terms of Canadian presence. And staying with that Canadian theme, Bob, Weirzy, so close, came down to the last hole, he led this golf tournament almost wire to wire. It ends up being Kevin Sutherland, but I'm taking the cup half full approach on this, and I'll tell you why. He's battled so much injury, has gone through so much, and you know, you and I have the discussion all the time. If you couldn't compete in your late 40s on the PGA Tour, what makes you think that you're going to come out at age 50 and start beating guys on the Champions Tour? That logic just doesn't add up, but you know what? Mike Weir, it was different. It was a health reason. It was, I can't practice because of health, surgeries, etc. We're finally seeing what a healthy Mike Weir can do with time to practice. Uh, certainly a different golf swing than he had in his prime, but this is what a, a Mike Weir at age 50 can do when he's healthy. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think in addition to all those health issues, you know, he went down the rabbit hole looking for uh, a secret from one of his many swing instructors that he, that he hired and worked with for so many years. And I think uh, I think he finally sort of got committed to it. He never lost determination. He never lost, you know, that he was going to come out of it. He always believed that he would be able to play. But as recently, the end of, the end of 2019, he was under, he was outside the top 2,000 in the official world golf ranking. And I think the other 
part of that equation is he never really had a place to play after you kind of lose your privileges. You know, you can play one week and then you don't know if you're going to play for another three weeks. So he's got a regular schedule now. Now, the Champions Tour, remarkably, is off now till after the Masters. So uh, he's going to have a little vacation here where he can work on his game a little bit more. But after that, he'll get into a regular routine and a regular schedule, which I think will uh, before too long, we'll see him in the winner's circle. And I got to tell you, Bob, coming into this year, I was kind of one of those guys that said, yeah, Mike Weir can win. He can win on the on the Champions Tour. And now I've kind of converted to I'd be very surprised if he didn't win at some point in 2021. That That's a big jump from he can to it's possible. Okay, Bob, on the other side, I want to pick up a story with you that we left off a couple weekends ago about potential for some changes in plans to the Toronto Municipal Golf Courses. I also want to pick up this question I will leave you with when we go to break. Arnold Palmer Invitational is this week. Players Championship, Honda Classic, World Golf Championship, Delt Match Play, and then Valero Texas Open. The Florida swing portion of the schedule is going to be a brute. These are hard golf courses, incredible fields, and of course that leads into a WGC, and eventually we get to the Masters. I'm curious from you, of the big names in the world, of the guys that you and I had circles around, saying those are guys that are going to have good 21s and guys that I'm going to have my eye on when we get to Augusta in April, coming out of the Masters in November. Out of that group of guys, who needs to show you something, Bob? Who needs to show you something on the Florida swing to get back on your radar? I want to pick that up with you, and we'll get that pick from Adam Scully as well, as well later on in the show. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow. With the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. I'm looking forward to that new Sim 2, getting that in the bag. God, this is the longest off-season ever. I want to play golf. I want to go outside. <laughs> Just, please, somebody let me out of my house. <laughs> Bob, I'm envious that you're going to be outside today. I don't think I've left my house, Bob, in like two weeks. I, I don't think I've seen fresh air. I don't know. Actually, oh, I I'm went up to be, the I, lab. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's right. I actually am going to be inside eventually, but that's why I decided I would come down to this. I'm just sitting in my car looking out at Lake Ontario. It's kind of pretty, but it, it feels like I'm in Miami Beach. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm in so much darkness uh, uh, and indoors all the time. You're going to start putting garlic under my bed and, and crosses <laughs> on the door like a vampire is what's going to happen soon. Like, I'm, you know, I'm Italian, too. We're not used to being this ghostly white either, Bob. You know, we're olive colored skin. You know, like this is not healthy for Italians to be, you know, uh, uh, avoid the sun like this. Anyway, uh, speaking of avoiding the sun and getting out and playing some golf. Uh, interesting story that popped up a week or so ago. You and I were about to dive in, in, into it on GTC, and, and as always, uh, with o only two hours a week, we, we kind of ran out of time. Um, there's a proposal to flip our municipal golf courses into uh, more of a golf complex, if that is fair, uh, driving range, mini putt, et cetera, et cetera, short game facility. I saw short course uh, I'm not against this idea, uh, but but my problem is this. 
is why why always golf? Like, why are we always picking on golf, Bob, to try to reinvent the wheel, to reuse municipal land, to have to give it some type of change when I see all these fields empty and open for other sports all the time that don't drive any revenue, even close to the golf revenue that is driven for the city. So that's my first question. And my second question is, it, the tee sheets were full. Okay, so if if go, it's not like the golf courses are empty. So the golf courses are full. Morning to night, from start to finish. Last year was a record year for municipal golf courses in Toronto. So if the city, if the if the citizens of Toronto are using the facility to its maximum capabilities, what genius decides it needs to be changed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, this has been sort of the um, this has been the, ra- the the cry from all the people who are sort of anti-golf. Who let's get rid of it? I've uh, I, I've read a story in Toronto Life a little while ago where a gentleman said that they should turn them into urban farms, allow let people grow crops there. And I wrote I actually wrote him a letter. I said, look, I don't mind you doing this. That might be a good feature. But why are you picking on golf courses when across the street from let's say Scarlet Woods, there's a huge complex with soccer fields. And they don't get used nearly as much as the golf course does. And the golf community really has to kind of speak out and, and stop playing defense. You know, we're always reacting to what the other guys say. We gotta get the word out that these courses and I'm not against the I'm not against the idea of changing one or two of them into those golf complexes. The RNA is gonna build a similar kind of thing in um in Glasgow actually. But, you know, uh, first of all, they were, the one that they had was a proposal of it, and they were going to build a big driving range on Scarlet Woods. I'm not sure how you're going to do that because Scarlet Woods is all floodplain, and that's why there's no buildings there to begin with. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, it's, these are the feeder systems for all of golf wherever, and, and there's a lot of people who only play on municipal courses. You go out there, and you can see on weekday mornings a lot of seniors out there. This year especially, you can see a lot of families out there playing golf. This is where people start playing golf. So, you know, the fact that they, they might lose money on several years, well, is that really a, a, a reaction to people not playing golf or is that just bad operations and bad marketing? You know, I think there's, there's a little bit more to this story uh, that has to be uh, kind of looked into before you actually start putting a shovel in and digging up some of these golf courses. Because I tell you, once they're gone, you're not going to have municipal golf in this city or other cities where the, the golf courses are at, uh, at risk as well because there's just no land anymore to build courses like this. And you, you know, you tapped into a lot of things there, and I'm with you on the introduction, how you introduce people to the game, and this is that first entry level in, and then golf gets the knock of being rich, male, and white as a sport, which is a completely false narrative that's 50 years behind the times. And then we get into the other side of this where we've lost driving ranges already. We've lost mini putts. That's how I was introduced to the game, Bob. I was, you know, at seven years old, my dad would bring me over uh, to the driving range right here in Scarborough, which is now a housing development. And we'd mini putt but at age three or four. We'd go mini putt at seven to the driving range, at seven, eight down at Dentonia Park, the par three, one of our great municipal golf courses. And that's how I got into the game. Uh, so I'm not this, I'm with you. I'm not suggesting we don't need ranges and mini putts and things like that to come back and new ways to introduce but why always picking on golf it's like this this drives me nuts this is the when i'm in downtown toronto it let's say let's let's uh let's uh, set this up by suggesting in non-covid times obviously the world's a very different place right now but in non-covid times when i'm in downtown toronto 
I, and I see bike lanes. It makes sense to me. I see people taking cars off the road, using other means of transportation to get to work. It's green friendly. It's less congestive. I see guys on bikes going to work, women on bikes going to work. Fantastic. I live in Scarborough, Bob. They put bike lanes in Brimley. I saw one bike in 12 months on Scarborough. So that that's what this is. This is someone going, let's change something. Let me justify my existence on city council or wherever it is. Let's justify my existence and try to fix something that isn't broken. And I'm with you. You got to dig into the numbers here and find out where the real problems are because participation and use of the land is not the problem. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, give me a final thought. I was just going to switch gears with you. I yeah, I'm just going to add very quickly, you know, um, if, if every if, if every municipal recreation facility was only open if it made money, there wouldn't be any. Hockey rinks don't make money. Swimming pools right. don't make money, you know, and, and the, the municipal governments have a duty to provide resources and provide activities for all the citizens. So there you go. Anyway, you're gonna, right. not the last you're going to hear from us on this, I don't think. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay, Bob, uh, I know you got to get going. And uh, we're going to pick it up back with you. We're going to be Wednesday, obviously. We'll be on TSN Edge for our fantasy picks every Wednesday. And then that'll kick over to the following week to TSN TV as you and I return to TSN television next Wednesday for a Players' Championship preview show. Uh, and then you'll be back uh, here with me next Monday in our regular new Golf Talk Canada time slot. Uh, before you go, uh, obviously you spoke to Adam Hadwin. We're going to tee up that interview next. You spoke about the year of COVID and, and, and going back 12 months. But we are also entering the Florida swing. And there have been some, in my opinion, some names that, was, that were on my radar huge coming into this year uh, that I kind of had circled when we got to Augusta and circled for this time of year that, to be frank, they got to show me something. John Rahm comes to the top of mind for me right off the top of my head. I think he's struggling with the new equipment. I think he's struggling to get used to the new golf ball that's more spinny. Uh, he's not playing with twist face in the driver anymore. I think his, his fairway stats, um, if you take a look at you know just where he's hitting it off the, off the golf, off the tee right now, it's, it's not where it was a year ago. He's a, a name that kind of jumps out at me. There's more. For you, who are those names that when we came out of Augusta, in November, you went, okay, you know, we're only five months away to the next green jacket. I, I like this group of guys or these people. And now maybe you're going to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to show me something in March. One guy who's a little further down the list than, than we're, but we're not used to seeing him all the way down there is, uh, is Tommy Fleetwood. And uh, he's only had in the last year, he's only had three top 10 finishes all inside the top 10, all those on the European tour. Uh, I I need to see something from him because a couple of years ago I thought he was the the, the sure guy who would who would uh, do something at Augusta National because he seems to have that game. He played so well at the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. Uh, so I I'm looking at at that at Tommy Fleetwood right now and saying hmm, what's going on there. You got to figure something out. You know what's interesting is that a lot of the guys that you and I are talking about. You just brought up Fleetwood. I brought up Hob, uh, I brought up uh, Rom. Um, a lot of these guys. It, uh, some of its equipment changes. Right for good yep. or bad, some of it's quick, and you need some time with some of these guys. Now, not as much with Tommy Fleetwood because some of that stuff was already in his bag. I think there's something else going on there. But with Rom, I think a lot of it is just a quick flip on equipment. Okay, Bob, uh, are you going to let us know what commercial you're shooting? Did you... it's uh, it's for a company called Everest, and okay. uh, you will see me, you will see me virtually interviewing uh, some of the world's top curlers. 
uh, in about 10 different commercials, I think, that there are 10 different versions of the commercial. And uh, I'm going in to shoot it now. All It's it's going to be a very strange process because it's all Green uh, very COVID-friendly and very the protocols. I'm not actually going to see the curlers, but uh, I'm not even going to see the cameraman or any of those people. So it's going to be an interesting exercise today. Uh, but uh, you'll see them if you watch curling over the next three or four weeks on TSN. All right, we'll keep our eye open for that. I'm doing something very similar Wednesday night for the Arnold Palmer, all kind of green screen, blocked off, virtual, doing interviews for their uh, virtual pro-am. And it, you really feel like you're sitting in a room talking to yourself, which for me, Bob, shouldn't really be that big of a change. <laughs> Bob, right. you have a wonderful day, and we'll uh, catch up with you Wednesday for our TSN uh, fantasy hit on TSN Edge. Sounds good. Talk to you soon. Bob Weeks, there he goes, and uh, he'll be back with us uh, for uh, all things GTC. Adam Scully going to jump in with me at the end of the hour. On the other side, though, we'll get more Bob Weeks. He had a chance to to talk with Adam Hadwin, one of Canada's best players, coming up on the anniversary where we pulled the plug at the Players' Championship due to the COVID-19 response. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to GTC. Zucchino with you. Scully going to be by momentarily. Bob Weeks just uh, left us to do some duties uh, for his curling uh, duties here on TSM. We got lots to get to. Freddie Albers going to join us at the top of the next hour. He walked 36 holes with Colin Morikawa at the WGC, my colleague for PGA Tour Radio. Scully and I will have winners weird and what. We'll hear from Morikawa. We're going to do our Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway in the next segment. We will open up the phone lines for a trivia contest there. Going to give away $100 throughout the summer every week gift card towards some of the best meat product and seafood product anywhere in the city. Uh, so if you're listening to us anywhere on TSN 1050 and live in the greater Toronto area, you're going to want to uh, jump in on this and we'll have some information on the grand prize at the end of the summer. 20 weeks of tailor-made information coming up. So much to get to. But Bob had an opportunity this week. It's been a year uh, since we pulled the plug. Coming up on the anniversary of the Players' Championship, Bob and I were in attendance I uh, was doing the PGA Tour radio duties, Bob down for TSN, covering golf's uh, fifth major. And um, we pulled the plug, and nobody knew really what was going on at the time. Everybody was kind of in, in COVID shock, and we got rushed home on airplanes and uh, really didn't know uh, what to expect. Was this going to be a three-month delay, a three-week delay? When was COVID going to go away? None of us thought a year later we would still be where we are, but PGA Tour has done an incredible job, as the, does has done a lot of sports, in bringing sports back uh, to the forefront during this global pandemic. Adam Hadwin was there with us. Uh, he is now the 90th player in the world. He spoke to Bob about the year that was, COVID response, and where his game is at. Here's Adam Hadwin and uh, on a week off, and a rare week off, I know, these days. But uh, when you look back uh, a year ago at the Players' Championship, what stands out about that crazy, wild week? Um, what stands out? 
you know, uh, the confusion, um, the lack of understanding of what was to come. Um, and I don't think any one of us, you know, you were down there at the time. And I remember speaking to you after the first round and, and being asked questions about it. And I don't think any one of us really understood what impact COVID-19 would have on our lives. And, um, I can remember uh, sitting in the hotel room on Wednesday night uh, before that first round. I had an afternoon tea time, so I was up a little later than I probably should have been. But um, that basketball game uh, being canceled, uh, you know, a positive test coming back, game being canceled. Next thing you know, the NHL is being canceled, you know, the season's being put on hold and everything, you know, and here we are still playing the next day. Um, and uh, it just, I mean, everything just happened so quickly. And I, you know, leaving the players, um, I'm sure I'm not the only one probably thought, all right, well, you know, just get an understanding of what's going on. And, you know, we'll be back playing, you know, in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, it wasn't until three months later and uh, adjustments and everything. Obviously, we're happy to be back playing. But um, to be sitting here still now a year uh, removed from that, borders are still closed. People can't see family. Um, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, having said all that, it's, it is pretty remarkable what the PGA Tour has managed to do in, in keeping golf going, full purses, uh, no transmissions on site, really. There's been some tests, obviously, some, some positive tests. Is that pretty remarkable? Did you think that was going to be accomplishable? I think it's extremely remarkable. I think they have to, they deserve a lot of credit uh, for what's taken place. Um, and I think, you know, some credit has to be given to players and caddies and, and all that, because clearly they're doing at least something right um, to, to not have sort of community spread at golf events. Um, you know, uh, um, I, I, during those three months, obviously they were going to prepare as best they can and, and they were going to have a plan and, Obviously, we're going to have to pivot and go different directions depending on what happened. But, um, you know, it was interesting, you know, just a couple weeks after being back, I think it was the third week at the Travelers, um, it looked like we were going to be shut. I mean, everybody was calling for the tour to be shut down again. You had uh, a number of positive tests that week, probably the highest week of any week we've ever had. Um, and, you know, guys withdrawing out of caution and, and, and all these things and, they were able to get through it. And I think now, I mean, we're at a, we're at a point now where a positive test during the week is, is a random uh, occurrence and uh, kind of out of the ordinary almost, um, you know, we've had more and more guys test positive, but I think that was a given. I mean, people, we just, people just kind of come back to normal life down here in the U S it's just, uh, you know, depending on where you live. So, um, but they, they did, they deserve a, a tremendous amount of credit. Um, and to keep everything status quo the way they have, um, you know, outside of a few minor changes as far as locker rooms or eating and, you know, dining and stuff like that. But um, it's been pretty incredible. And we're fortunate that we play the sport that we do. Uh, as a PGA Tour player, can you grasp just how big the, the recreational play and the importance of recreational play was over the last year? Uh, probably not. Um, it's, you know, it's not something that we would be uh, involved in very much. I'm sure, 
you know, like many guys, my, you know, especially when the season's so busy, sometimes the off weeks, we don't necessarily spend a lot of time at the golf course, but um, I can only say that the, the clubs that I, that I frequent down here have been busier than I've ever seen them. Um, you know, you can barely get tea time um, at, at certain times. So I think that, uh, you know, hopefully this is a trend that continues once everything comes back and, and everybody has access to the same things that they did previously. Um, because, you know, a lot of people were kind of not forced into the game, but it was an avenue to get away from what was going on. Um, it was one of the very few things open and it provided an opportunity to kind of get out, um, you know, have a little fun with friends while doing it safely. So, um, hopefully they've, you know, just gained that much more interest in, and golf courses and, um, everything can take advantage of that moving forward. Uh, it wasn't all great news. Of course, uh, the RBC Canadian open was canceled in 2020 looks like it's going to be canceled again in 2021, still holding out a little bit of hope, but, um, how sad is it for you as one of the, uh, the few Canadian players on the PGA tour to, to have this should it go for a second time? Yeah, it's extremely disappointing. Um, you know, uh, I think given the circumstances where we were, you know, nine months ago, uh, when the 2021 was supposed to be held, um, you know, you can start to understand it a little bit more, um, the logistics and everything trying to get across border. It just, it just makes things more difficult. And, uh, with the, the, you know, the status and where everything was at and still trying to figure out, um, you know, what COVID-19 was, how it spread, how do we protect ourselves, all of that stuff. You understood it. Um, this one's a little bit harder to swallow. I think um, there, there's been a lot of time um, and obviously we're still learning new things and, and, and stuff happens, but I feel like, you know, the last two, three, four months now, um, you know, governments and stuff should have had a pretty good handle on, on where things are at and, and what policies would work and what wouldn't. And, you know, like we just talked about, I think the PGA, PGA tour has done a pretty good job of, of proving themselves that they can, you know, travel to different communities week in and week out and really not create a mess in that community. Um, and so, you know, it, it's, it's disappointing. Um, at the end of the day, there's probably nothing, you know, that, that's certainly nothing that I can do um, and probably nothing that the PJ tour can do. Um, but it, it's disappointing that, you know, I think governments haven't sort of, figured it out a little bit more to be able to introduce some of these events, um, back in, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, the government's not letting the Raptors, the Blue Jays, um, I mean, barely letting hockey, uh, play, um, even, even with them traveling just across Canada. Um, it was probably only a matter of time before, uh, the Canadian opening was on, on the chopping block. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a uh, prime minister's phone number. If you wouldn't mind calling him and lobbying for us, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can try, but you know, okay. I mean, I, hands are tied. I mean, I, I get it. It's it just, it, it sucks. Um, it sucks because I, I feel like, again, we've sort of proven to be, you know, we, we haven't had any tournaments canceled. We haven't had any major hiccups, you know, games have been canceled in the NHL because of COVID series pushed back. I mean, all of these things have happened and the PJ tour has kind of 
you know, quietly sort of continued to skate along. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's disappointing not to be able to, to go back up to Canada and, and, um, showcase ourselves and our brand and, and, you know, maybe if nothing else bring, uh, you know, uh, people get to see their own course on TV and, and, um, and know that, uh, you know, the country is sort of getting back to normal a little bit. Well, as I say in Abbotsford, well, wait till next year. Um, the, the uh, I wanted to ask you on a serious note about your, uh, your reaction to the news of Tiger Woods, uh, car crash and, and, uh, situation and, and where were we, when you found, when you heard the news and, and what was your reaction? Yeah, I was, I was practicing and I got a number of text messages from people, um, that, you know, Oh my God, have you seen this? This is crazy. Um, and it's, it's pretty scary. Um, you know, accidents like that can unfortunately happen at any point. And, um, you know, you just, everything that he's done for the game and everything that he's gone through and all of the injuries and the personal issues and all that. And, and for what he has still meant to the game. And he always seems to kind of overcome everything. Um, and, you know, in that kind of brief moment there, um, you know, you weren't sure what happened. Um, obviously you saw photos of the car and it was a mess and it was mangled and you immediately go to worst case scenario, but, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, the bigger picture here is, is him and his family and, and hopefully he's okay. Um, and, you know, golf being second at this point and, you know, obviously uh, selfishly, we all want him to come back and, and be the Tiger Woods that, you know, we all believe that he still is. Um, but at the end of the day, you just hope that he's able to, uh, you know, spend time with his family and hug his kids again and, um, and those things. Uh, and finally, before we let you go, give us an update on, on the status of your game. It looks like things are kind of rounding into shape with, uh, with, uh, some improvements. Would you agree? It looks, I feel it looks that way. I don't know how it feels. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's getting better. Um, I'm I certainly feel like I'm out of the rut that I was in at the end of last year. Um, and I'm not sure necessarily how much better I'm playing on the golf course if, or if necessarily it's just maybe a clear mind. Um, you know, we're working on some, maybe some longer term things, um, and, uh, some ideas that will make me more consistent down the road. Um, and, uh, I think I've just done a much better job of, uh, staying patient and just kind of accepting the way things are. And, um, you know, just trying to, trying to get better every day. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just working hard really. Um, but yeah, just in a much, much clearer headspace more than anything. Um, but yeah, the stuff that I'm doing with Mark right now is I think is good and, um, it's helped and I've had a, better, a little bit better understanding of, of the golf swing and what I'm doing and why I'm doing certain things. And, um, so just continue to work and, and hope that, uh, this sort of longer term patience, uh, continues to pay off. Perfect. Well, we'll end it there. I won't ask you about the Vancouver Canucks, but uh, thanks for spending some time with us, Adam. <laughs> I appreciate it, Bob. Thanks. Adam Hadwin, still looking for win number two, just like Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connor. So many of our great Canadian players play so well. We're expecting the second win soon. And you know what? If it doesn't work out for Adam, I think he can run for prime minister. I'm all in. I love what he was saying to Bob. Good on you, Adam. Well done. Okay, on the other side, we're going to give away 
$100 gift card to Mr. Butcher. That's Mr. Butcher, $100 gift card. We'll give you a trivia question. On the top of the next segment, we'll open up the phone lines looking for the first correct answer. We'll do it next. We'll also welcome in Adam Scully and Tee Up Hour 2. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino with you. Scully jumping in now. Good morning, Skulls. How are you? Great, Mark. How are you? Good to be back. I love this new time slot. Yeah, new time slot. I'm way more energetic. I got to tell you, that 8 a.m., I'm getting older, Adam. You know, those 8 a.m. Saturday so mornings. Much. Yeah, yeah. happy birthday, by the way. 29 years old yesterday, so Thank well you. done. Yeah, did, didn't have any back pain waking up today, so that's good. That is good. That is good at 29. You give me the same conversation at 46. Okay, let's do it. If you're like me, you like good red meat, big red wines, and you're going to love our summer giveaway. Mr. Butcher, it's Mr. Butcher, M-I-S-T-E-R, Butcher.ca. So it's spell it out, M-I-S-T-E-R, Butcher.ca. Mr. Butcher.ca, some of the best meat and seafood product you can find anywhere in the city. This is Ruth Chris Morton's type of quality uh, I eat a lot of it. I know Bob's been eating a lot of it throughout the summer. We're going to give away a $100 gift card each week. And for all the winners throughout the season, they're going to go into a pool. And we're going to have an end-of-summer barbecue bash for you and nine of your friends. Ten people, seafood, oyster chucking. We're going to bring in the sandbagger hard seltzer people. That's going to be the grand prize because, you know what, we've stayed away from each other long enough, and hopefully by August we can all get together and have a barbecue bash worth having, compliments of Mr. Butcher for you and nine friends. And each week it's going to be a $100 gift card. So we're going to open up the phone lines right now. It's 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050. Colin Marikawa just won his fourth PGA Tour event, becomes only the second player in history, along with Tiger Woods, to win a WGC in a major before the age of 25. With this win, with this Colin Morikawa win, what place in the official world golf ranking does he move to? He just moved, shot up the official world golf ranking, and he moves to what spot? We want to know this morning, where is he in the official world golf ranking, Colin Morikawa? Whoever calls in with that, 870-1050, 870-1050, first correct caller gets a $100 gift card to Mr. Butcher. All right, Skulls, we got hour two coming up here. We're going to talk to Freddie Albers. Uh, really looking to get his view on this. You know, when you walk 36 holes uh, with the winner at a PGA Tour event, uh, you know, you get a little bit more information than the rest of us see. So I'm curious of that. But I asked Bob Weeks. We're heading into the Florida swing. I, he gave me a name, Tommy Fleetwood. Who's got to show him something? And I'll ask you the same question. Who needs to show you something in the Florida swing out of the big names in the world of golf in order for you to put him back in the conversation for the Masters come April? Well, first of all, Ricky Fowler, he's not even in the field at the Masters right wow. now. You know the last wow. time he missed a major championship was the 2010 U.S. Open. 
That's the last time Ricky Fowler hasn't been playing at a major championship. He is his game. It looks like it's getting a little better now at T20 a couple weeks ago. But late in 2019, throughout 2019 as well, he was just awful. So looking to see what Ricky Fowler can bring going ahead here. And one other guy, how about Matt Kuchar? Matt Kuchar's sort of been lost in the wilderness. And, you know, his best finish in 2021 is T34. He's missed four cuts and 10 starts. We know Matt Kuchar is one of the most consistent players in the PGA Tour as caddy John Woods, now a broadcaster. So I wonder, I wonder if that's affected things at all. But those are two guys for me for sure, Mark. Yeah, you know what? Those are great picks, Adam. I, you know what? They have not been in focus. Uh, you know, Fowler's been in focus for the what's wrong conversation, to your point. But Kuchar hasn't even been in that conversation. He has been so missing in action. We haven't even had the what's wrong with Matt Kuchar conversation. So that's an issue. We'll have to keep our eye on this because we are getting into the strongest fields on the hardest golf courses now in the next three weeks, which is a continuation of the week that just happened at the WGC. And really the last week of the Florida Swing at Riviera. We are five weeks in a row of what feels like major championship golf. So... We've got our winner. Uh, we will announce our winner in an hour or two. So please, phone lines are closed. Phone lines are closed. We have our winner, the Mr. Butcher $100 gift card. And if you're listening to us in our repeat time slot, 7 to 9 p.m. after Overdrive on TSN 1050, please do not call. That is a repeat. Our live time <laughs> slot is 10 a.m. to noon. Jeff McDonald's listening right now going, way to go, Zucchino. You actually remembered to do that. Well done. So there you go. On the other side, Adam and I are going to bring in a very good friend of mine, my colleague from PGA Tour Radio, Fred Albers, who walked 36 holes with Colin Morikawa. We're also going to do Winners Weird and What for the weekend that was in the world of golf. We'll also hear from the champion. We'll go deep on leaderboard updates in the world of golf. We'll get you caught up on the top five FedEx Cup, top five official world golf rankings as of right now. And lots to get to. Thank you for listening to Hour 1. 60 more minutes coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Uh, welcome back, Hour 2 Golf Talk Canada. Our new time slot here, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. to noon, TSN 1050. Back with the repeat, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. after overdrive on Monday nights. Man, we got lots to get to, too. Winners, weird, and what? We'll hear from Colin Morikawa. Get you caught up on official World Golf Rankings, FedEx Cup Rankings. Want to give a shout-out to the National Golf Course Owners Association, too. Their virtual show. We'll give you some details on that. 
Congratulations to Tony uh, Manalikis. Uh, Tony wins the $100 gift card for Mr. Butcher. And Tony, you're in for that grand prize at the end of the year. We also, Adam, got to get people caught up to date on 20 weeks of TaylorMade, which is starting in April for the Masters. Okay, welcoming in now my very good friend and colleague on PGA Tour Radio. He is simply one of the best in the world at what he does. Calling golf, telling the story. Uh, I miss him because I haven't seen him in person in a very long time. He walked 36 holes with Colin Morikawa this week in the WGC, the final weekend. Saw it all go down Sunday with his own eyes. Uh, And also the man that taught me how to get through a week in Mexico calling golf with no medication, nothing for your stomach other than a can of Coca-Cola. He's that type of doctor as well. Welcoming in Freddie Albers. Freddie, how are you? I'm doing fine, but... What, the, the best in the world announcer? I guess that guy couldn't make it, and you called me. <laughs> you know I love listening to you. No one's better. I, you know what? This is what I like to say. You're like a world-class golf course, Freddie. I don't like ranking golf courses. Uh, I just like saying there's no golf course better than this one. There's a certain class. You're that class with announcer, and that's what leads me to my first question. Because I don't like saying, Freddie, that this player is the best iron player in the world. But my question to you is, is there a better iron player than Colin Morikawa? Justin Thomas is pretty good. Justin Thomas is a a really good ball striker. Uh, Is he better? He's more experienced. Has has one more. I I may just at this time say that it's Justin Thomas. But if you want to argue uh, Colin Morikawa, you know that that's that's absolutely a legitimate argument. And and how about Morikawa? You know, we mentioned we talk all about his ball striking. He was so clutch when he won the PGA Championship, but he had struggled on the greens. Then he tries, you know, a new flat stick. Uh, this new saw or claw grip, working with Marco Mira, gave him a couple of tips. What were your thoughts on Morikawa on the greens this past weekend? Yeah, really generous of PGA Tour veterans. Uh, Marco Mira gives them uh, advice on the saw grip. The members at the same club in Las Vegas, and uh, Morikawa uh, shows up at the concession golf club, and Paul Azinger, who is a member and plays there all the time, uh, helps him a little bit with his chipping, helps him understand the bounce and the flange off type Bermuda wise. Those are two Hall of Famers that don't have to share their knowledge with anyone and go out of their way, and it pays off big for for Colin Morikawa. Just a great story all around for Colin. Freddie, you walked those 18 holes yesterday. You saw it with your own eyes. Was there a moment in that round, a specific point in that in the in the 18 holes that you can lean to and say that that's where the tournament was decided? A situation, maybe a shot he pulled off that comes to mind. Well, let me take you back 24 hours earlier. He had missed three fairways on the way home and had played the two par fives and two over and uh, lost a, a big cushion of a lead. And I had asked him on Saturday night, uh, he hit three wood off of 18. That's an almost 500-yard par four. Everyone's banging driver, and he hit three wood. And if, you know, there was some uh, confidence factor in the driver after his finish, and, and he said, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. And then he drives into the fairway bunker at the first, makes an unbelievable par, makes bogey at the second. And I'm thinking, oh, no, here we go. Uh, but from then on, it was really solid. And I don't know if it was the turning point in the round, but that fifth hole, par four, with water down the entire left-hand side, he makes birdie there, stuffs it to 10 feet, and, and makes the putt. 
And to, to me, that was that was the go sign. You know, he's, he's, he's over the shaky stuff. Those first five holes are so difficult at the concession golf club. And uh, he said he stood in the fairway, and before his caddy, J.J. even gave him the yardage, he said, this is a seven iron. He said, I could just see the flight of the seven iron. I knew I was going to hit seven iron no matter what number he brought back to me. And he almost pulled it out. He almost pulled that out. And from there on in, he was really solid. And as far as the driver, he missed that first fairway in the fairway bunker, then hit the next 13 fairways in succession. Hit 13 of 14 fairways to me. That was as impressive as the putting. Yeah, he was certainly, you know, very impressive to watch. And now he's climbed to fourth in the official world golf ranking. Looking ahead now, this super season, the Players' Championship in two weeks. We're at Augusta National a couple weeks later. Freddie, he has to be a favorite at all, all these majors, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, you know how some people say just take a look at, at the, the leaderboard at the Masters, and that's who's going to play well at the Memorial Muirfield Village. I think that this golf course really simulated a lot of what we see at TPC Sawgrass in the players in less than two weeks now. So I would look at that leaderboard that we had uh, coming out of this weekend, and those are players that I expect to perform well. The green complexes are just so difficult, similar to what you get at the Players' Championship. Absolutely, uh, Colin Morikawa should be at the top of everyone's list for the players. We're with Fred Albers from the PGA Tour radio play-by-play team. Freddie Walk with Colin Morikawa in his uh, weekend and final 18 as he brings home the World Golf Championship WGC Workday. Freddie, it's so bizarre you said that because I was thinking that the entire weekend, and that's why it didn't surprise me to see Webb Simpson doing well, a guy that you know won a, a player's championship and always plays well there. And I was thinking exactly what you were just saying. So this is a bit of a two-part question for you. Uh, Am I nitpicking with Colin Morikawa's chipping? Because I suggested the Bob Weeks off the top of the show when Bob was with us that, you know, he made some really great 8-foot, 9-foot, and 10-foot putts that bailed out some pretty weak chips around the green, and that's a part of his game that's going to have to get better between now and Augusta. So, you know, the difference between playing well at the players versus playing well at Augusta. And part two of this question, because I asked Adam and Bob, who needs to show you something in the Florida swing and the match play before we get to Augusta if he wants to get back on your radar for the year's first major? I mentioned his iron play, Justin Thomas. And he's gone through some, you know, it's obviously been a, a, a difficult uh, season for Justin Thomas starting at the Century Tournament of Champions in the fourth green uh, where he made a, 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 a silly comment. And he's paying the price for that uh, financially, emotionally. And his grandfather passes away. So you can rationalize this all you want, but Justin Thomas has not played well this year. And Mark still, still every time I see Rory McIlroy play, I'm saying, why doesn't this guy win every week? Another top ten for him. Uh, I, I, I would like to see him win uh, before uh, Augusta. And maybe it'll happen this week. Uh, you know, he plays so well at Arnold Palmer Invitational presented by MasterCard. Maybe it could come uh, this week for Roy McIlroy. And, and about his chipping, just to follow up on Morikawa's chipping, Freddie, do you think that'll hold him back at Augusta or am I being too tough? I, I just feel like some of those, I don't want to call it a crutch, but he went to that bump shot uh, from some of those bailout areas. You know better because you were there. I wasn't. Was that the right call or am I reading this right that maybe those eight, nine footers bailed out some weak chipping coming home? 
I don't know if it was weak chipping, Mark, just because the degree of difficulty was so very, very hard. You know, a normal week we're looking for him to stick it within three feet on a chip. I, I think that circle of comfort uh, extended out to five feet. Absolutely, it could be sharper, uh, but he putted so well. And, you know, that good putter will, will cover up an awful lot of things in the game. And do I think that Colin Morikawa is now one of the top ten putters in the world? I think he was tenth in strokes game putting this week. Absolutely not. He was dead last in the field in strokes game putting at the Genesis Invitational in the first time out with the new grip. Um, but, but if he's top 50 in the world in putting, kid's going to make an awful lot of cash and, and win an awful lot of tournaments. We're in conversation here with Fred Albers, PGA Tour radio play-by-play commentator. So Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf all graduate from college around the same time. How about Victor Hovland's week? You know, makes that ugly quadruple bogey in his final on his final hole on Friday, then bounces back the way he does to finish T2. What did you see from Victor Hovland this week? Well, first, he did a great job handling that. He was on the call on Friday afternoon describing Victor Hovland. I think it's tough to win when you make an eight on the scorecard. And he was playing catch-up all weekend and eventually, you know, had to press the accelerator maybe a little too hard and ended up making a, a bogey and, and didn't have a realistic chance of winning at the very end. I'm just so impressed with him as well as another really good ball striker who has some inconsistencies chipping. Colin Morikawa is a better chipper than, than Victor Hovland is. And uh, right now, Colin Morikawa is a better putter too. But two young guys with an awful lot of ability. And you mentioned, you mentioned uh, Matthew Wolfenbach. He was the first of that threesome to win at the 3M, uh, fresh out of Oklahoma State. He's not completely healthy. In fact, he was a WD this week after a really disappointing opening round. So we really got to watch Matthew Wolf's uh, health as well. I believe it was a risk. And uh, those, are, those could be tricky, uh, particularly for a golfer. Freddie, when are we working again next? I think are we both on the call for the players? Is that next for us? That is correct. I'm looking forward to it. And are you off uh, this week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational, heading home to El Paso, Texas? I'm at the DFW airport right now, making a connection. I'll be home all week and then leave for the players uh, next week. I'm basically a week on, week off for a while. Freddie, you're the best. I know it was a long week. Thanks for uh, taking the time with us in our new time slot to wrap the weekend. And uh, as always, uh, safe travels. And I look forward to uh, working the players with you. I wish it was going to be in person, but I think we're another uh, five five months away from uh, getting on the ground together. So safe travels, my friend. Thanks for asking me. Always good talking to you guys. Freddie Albers, play-by-play announcer, PGA Tour Radio, had Morikawa for the final 18. Freddie's the best. Love talking to Freddie. Great friend, great at what he does, and uh, always a pleasure. Looking forward to hopefully Adam getting back on the ground at some point, you know, because of the travel restrictions and some of the issues uh, that have been heightened, really, in the last five months or so. You know, I traveled a lot last year. Uh, Essential worker category was a broader category. It was easier to come and go. But for the time being, now that we're in vaccine rollout uh, mode, mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to sit tight and wait till uh, the Canadian Open and then make a call. And, and who knows? That's a whole other conversation on where we are with the Canadian Open. Is it canceled or will we have a last minute ditch effort to possibly hold it elsewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? We'll find out. On the other side, we're going to hear from Colin Morikawa. He was with Steve Sands. We're going to run the Post Golf Channel or Golf Interview. Am I, what do I call it? Do I, I call I it think, Golf I think Channel? Golf Channel on NBC? 
Golf Channel okay. NBC, maybe. Because there was a memo I got on one of these media blasts last year. Went, no, please no longer refer to us as Golf Channel. Just refer to us at, as golf. <laughs> I'm like, no, golf's a sport. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I refuse to refer to you as golf. So, But I do like Steve Sands. He's a great guy. does a good job. We'll hear from him and Colin Morikawa on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. Welcome back, Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino, Scully. All right, Skulls, before we put a bow on WGC and close the door and look forward to rest of the Florida Swing, Arnold Palmer Invitational this week, great field. Bay Hill is as good as it gets. And anything to celebrate Arnie and his attachment to the game. And uh, that tournament is always a highlight of the year. Before we do it, I think we should hear from the champion, Colin Morikawa, now a four-time winner on the PGA Tour, fourth in the official World Golf Ranking, uh, joins Tiger Woods as the only other player in history before the age of 25 to win a World Golf Championship event, and a major uh, before the age of 25. He had the opportunity to speak with Steve Sands from Golf Channel immediately following his victory. Colin, this was the best field all season on the PGA Tour. 47 of the top 50 in the official World Golf ranking here. It's the first time in your young career you've held an outright 54-hole lead. So what does it say about where you are right now being able to hold off these great players? Oh, I mean, it shows that I can come out here and compete. Um, but what a week. I mean, I, I, I was working on so much the past couple weeks. And tips from Marco Mir and Paul Azinger, um got this week through. And my game felt so good. But I'm just so excited right now. We got to ask, what were the tips? Uh, Marco Mir, I was talking to him about putting. Obviously, it's a, it's been a big change to the saw grip that he calls it, uh, not the claw. And then I, I came over and actually on this 18th green and talked with uh, Azinger for 10, 15 minutes about chipping, and, and it just saved my life this week. He certainly knows the golf course very well, so that was probably a great tip to get from Paul Azinger. We had to ask you about Tiger Woods. We know what happened on Tuesday with the accident. We know he was watching all week long. He was your golfing idol growing up. He was one of the reasons you were inspired to get to this point in your career. You are now the only player other than Tiger to win a major and a World Golf Championship event under the age of 25. How impactful is that? Tiger means everything to me. And, you know, yes, he had the crash, and thankfully he's all right, and hopefully he has a quick and, and great recovery. Um, but I don't think we say thank you enough, so I want to say thank you to Tiger. Um, because, you know, sometimes you, you lose people too early, and that's like, you know, Kobe, I lost my grandpa about a month ago um and you don't get to say thank you enough so thank you guys well said congratulations colin thank you uh great young man great young champion uh very very bright future especially now that he has figured out a way to calm the nerves settle the putting stroke and and trust those eight footers when you need them in the heat of battle and this is funny because we're talking about a kid who's already won four times and he's a pga champion and we're talking about a guy who needed to improve his putting he's already got a major but the the reality is is and this surprises me 
Adam and Freddie brought up this up. He he was horrible at Riviera a couple of weeks ago, almost dead last in the field in putting with his new grip, and obviously vaults feels like an overnight turnaround. And what I find surprising about it, Adam, is last week we were on Poana in Riviera, very bumpy, very difficult greens, but greens he grew up on. He's a West Coast kid. You would figure that the difficulties would come when we get over this Bermuda, but the surface was so perfect. He found it. Before we close the door on the WGC, I just want to get your impressions on the Concession Golf Club because I really enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, a really great layout. I like the tricky greens. Uh, I like the shaved down areas. On the broadcast on Thursday, I made a call. And, you know, I think the iron shot missed the putting surface by about three feet. And there was a 90-foot chip coming back the other way. And I was like, you know what? You don't get to see that very often on the PGA Tour. I like the changeup. I like the golf course. Just your final thought before we switch gears. I couldn't agree more. The golf course was outstanding. Like I mentioned this on Saturday's show. It was very similar to Royal Melbourne or Pinehurst, where the fairway's pretty forgiving. There was some water, as Cam Smith found out on Saturday mm, when, he, when he hit five balls into the water. Yeah. Good start and pick there, Skulls. But, you know, after that, you know, the green complexes were great. You know, as you said, they're almost in bowls. If you miss your spot by a couple of feet, a couple of yards, you have an uphill chip. And if you leave that short, it's right back at your feet. We saw so many world-class players struggle around the greens. And it was just a great course. And especially on Thursday when it was so windy, that's when we saw a couple rounds in the 80s, many rounds over 76. This, this course was a home run. Yeah, it was. I like it. You're right. It's like a, uh, an inverted or a flipped over upside down bowl. And the greens are 6,000 square feet. But in reality, where they have the whole locations, they're in quadrants. So it, from the fairway, it might look like you have a large target of 6,000 square feet to aim at, which is an average size on the PGA Tour. When reality is they've quandered these things off into three or four sections. And if you don't hit that section of the proper level, like Pinehurst, to your point, those Donald mm-hmm. Ross, turn them upside down. And, and you're going to have 90 feet, 80 feet, etc. Jack Nicholas golf course, very different Jack Nicholas golf course, likely the influence of Tony Jacklin, who co-designed it with him. Of course, the concession, the name of the club named after the famous uh, conceded putt in the 1969 Ryder Cup between Jack Nicholas and Tony Jacklin, where Tony Jacklin had two and a half footer for the have and uh, Nicholas said, pick it up. And uh, two and a half feet in the Ryder Cup uh, is like uh, 30 feet anywhere else trying to, you know, put a golf ball into uh into something that looks like it just won't fit, I guess, is how to explain it. All right, on the other side, we're going to do winners, weird, and what. We'll get you caught up on leaderboards, official world golf ranking, top FedEx Cup points. Uh, before we get to break, we, you know, Colin Murakawa did bring up Tiger Woods. We don't really know anything else uh, anymore on Tiger Woods. He will come up in winners, weird, and what. We do have some Tiger for you in 3-dub this week. He was transferred to an, a different hospital over the weekend and had uh, additional follow-up procedures. Um, a lot of people pointing to Ben Hogan. The, the optimists uh, are pointing to Ben Hogan, uh, saying, you know, he came back from something similar at, and won a U.S. Open and played very well for the next 10 years on a limited schedule. Uh, Hogan was 36, though, Scully, and no history of uh, surgeries, no, no history of accidents or, or, or problems or physical issues. Uh, Tiger Woods, we were in the middle of a fifth back surgery, not knowing he was going to come back. So... I don't know. At this point, it's just speculation. 
where I'm going, Skulls, is I don't think we're actually going to know anything for about a year. Uh, if, if we got any real information before Christmas on Tiger Woods, and I mean real information, would you be surprised if we got anything real before Christmas on Tiger? It, yeah, it'd be, it'd be super surprising for sure. And to think of what he went through last Tuesday and what he's going to continue to go through with all these surgeries and how it's going to push him back you know, with the back as well, because, you know, as you mentioned, he just went through his fifth back procedure and I'm going to, he hasn't really moved much. I'm going to guess in the last six days, just because of the surgeries he's been through and to have the back surgery or procedure that he did back on December 23rd, a lot of the rehab is to do with moving and stretching and loosening up the muscles and he won't be able to do that. So you wonder how much these injuries are also going to push back the back injury Hopefully, I, you know you know me, I'm always incredibly optimistic about Tiger Woods. I hope we see him at some point. It would be just an incredible story for him to come back again. But first and foremost, get back to 100%. Get back to being with your kids and being a dad. Yeah, I'm with you a thousand percent. And uh, what I mean by real information, just to clarify, is I don't think we're going to get anything more than potential updates on, hey, I'm walking again. When it comes to golf information on potentially playing again, we're a long time away from knowing anything at all. If we ever get it at all, let's keep our fingers crossed. On the other side, winners, weird, and what? The good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend in golf. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Zakino with you. Lots still to get to you. We get, we'll get you caught up on FedEx Cup uh, list, World Golf Championship, uh, official World Golf Ranking list. Uh, a few things happening in terms of world, uh, Golf Talk Canada world as well. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Uh, but first, it is time. Three dub. Winner's weird and what? And Adam, the T is mine. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right, Skulls. My winner this week is the tributes around the world of golf to Tiger Woods. Uh, what a class move. The people just, you know, they kind of just got this going themselves. This was not an orchestrated thing. This was not like, hey, let's all go out and do this with some kind of corporate angle or, or, or anything along those lines. It was the players. It was the golf world just saying, what can we do to show support to Tiger Woods? Uh, you had players on all tours, Tiger Woods and Patrick Reed playing together, uh, amongst other players at the WGC in the red shirt and black pants. Phil Mickelson on the Champions Tour, red shirt, black pants. Uh, in Puerto Rico, you had players, red shirt, black pants. Annika Sornstam on the LPGA Tour. You saw players on the Champions Tour and other Bridgestone uh, golf ball players stamping their balls, Tiger, with the stamp on the golf ball. Uh, a fantastic tribute, maybe one of the best ones, the entire groundskeeping staff in Puerto Rico, all in red shirts and black pants, I thought it was great. Uh, well done. 
And uh, what was your favorite of the bunch? What were your thoughts when you saw it? So my favorites, I got to say, the when Tony Finau walked in with the hat backwards, with the, the, the Sunday mock red uh, turtleneck on, like Tiger did going into the 2018 PGA Championship when he shot that Sunday 64, walked in from the parking lot with the hat on backwards, the sunglasses on. That was a meme on social media instantly. <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood also had the mock turtleneck on. It was awesome to see everyone, you know, rooting for Tiger Woods. And, and you know, even what Colin Morikawa said in the last segment, we don't say thank you enough. Whether, whether you're a player, whether you're media, we don't thank Tiger Woods enough because he has done so much for this game. Uh, well said. And, you know, I kind of have a theme uh, of Tiger throughout my Winner's Weird and What uh, this week, right from top to bottom. And my weird is kind of Tiger related to. We are 20 events deep into the PGA Tour 2020-21 uh, schedule. 20 events deep. And we've had 20 different winners. We have not had a repeat winner the entire season. We're almost halfway through. You've got to go back to 1994. 1994 to, to go this deep into a PGA Tour schedule and not have a re repeat winner. And why is this Tiger related? Well, let's, let's be honest. Tiger came onto the scene in late 96. He's a lot of the reason why uh, we had all those years with repeat winners right away. Because Tiger would, if he played four events early in the schedule, he won two of them, right? So he kind of skewed the numbers. But regardless of Tiger skewing the numbers, Adam, when you take a look, and we all think DJ's played great so far. Right. We've all uh, felt that the guys have had good years. I'm taking a look at some of the standings here right now, not to get too deep in this. Xander Shoffley's played great. Patrick Cantley has played incredible golf. Patrick Reed has played great golf. We don't have a repeat winner. I think that's shocking through 20 events. It just goes to show the parody in this game that week in, week out, there are so many guys who are always in the mix and can win. But even guys like Tony Finau has had like this remarkable run before this past weekend. He had four consecutive worldwide top finishes of top four or better and hadn't won. There are so many players who are so good and coming up short. It shows the parody of this game, and I can't wait to see what's coming up next. Or am I what this week? And you could go to social media every week if you wanted to look for a winner, a weird, and a what. This week, I'm going to go what because sometimes the ignorance out there is just still shocking to me. I'm just shocked by it. Uh, people lighting up players on social media who didn't wear red on Sunday, uh, to my point as my winner with the tributes. Uh, some guys just didn't have red. Some of the manufacturers, the apparel companies, didn't provide red to their athletes. I'll bring the Adidas guys to, 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 to the forefront because you and I are Adidas ambassadors. We love Adidas. They've been great to us. We're proud to wear their stuff. They're one of the most responsible companies in the world. Uh, they're as green a company as you can get. Uh, they recycle materials for footwear, shirts. I mean, Adidas as a company has a spirit and a soul. And you've got morons on social media calling out Morikawa, who was choked up over Tiger Woods in his post-round tribute, other Adidas athletes for not wearing red. They didn't have red. They found out other ways of saying thank you to Tiger tributes. Sergio, for instance, wore green. He couldn't get 
red. So what did he do? He wore green. And he went on social media and said, I didn't have red. But the next best thing is green. For Masters Green. Because he's the greatest Masters champion. And he put on a green shirt. So, you know what? The stupidity of social media never surprises me, Adam. And with that, my friend, the tea is now yours. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves. And I got to step on one here. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Just one note as well. Billy Horschel also didn't have red, and he had TW written on his hat. You know, players Love that. paying tribute to Tiger Woods in so many different ways. Yeah, it was just, you know, stuff like that. That was, that was great for Billy Horschel. You mentioned Annika Sorenstam a, little, Sorenstam a little earlier. She's my winner this week, and she made the cut on the LPGA Tour. What an unbelievable accomplishment that is. First event since retiring in 2008. One of the greatest LPGA Tour players we will ever see. But the funny thing was... She hadn't expected to make the cut, so she was planning on taking her daughter, Ava, to volleyball practice on Saturday. Obviously, that didn't happen, so good for Attica Sorenstam to make the cut. Now she has her eye on the U.S. Senior Women's Open. She hasn't officially committed to it yet, but Mark, wouldn't it just be awesome to see Attica Sorenstam continue to come back and play more events? I think it's amazing, uh, you know, 13 years after hitting a competitive golf shot and to make the cut in today's game, which, you know, thanks to her has changed a lot. You know, she was the tiger of the ladies tour in her day. Uh, I'd love to see her play more. You know, is she going to make a comeback comeback? No, of course not. That's not that's not really, you know, what she's already said. That's not in the cards. But to see her pop up and play three, four times a year, five times a year to play uh, a couple of LPGA events, a senior woman's open. It's, I think it's awesome for the game. And uh, not to go back to Tiger, Scully, but again, just to have Tiger come back so we can see him even in a ceremonial capacity so we could say goodbye properly in front of 30,000, 40,000 people the way Jack and Arnie did and, and the way Annika did when she retired and now gets to come back for for a few star-studded appearances i think she's a no-brainer as your winner this week and she also had the the red and black on as well on sunday for tiger wood so good for annika Sorensen. i'm looking forward to seeing what's next on the playing side of things for her my weird this week so on saturdays we had the stardom situm segment and i had picked max Holma the previous week i was sitting pretty i was pretty happy about that i picked cameron smith in our tv hit for tsn.ca last week to win uh, last week at the uh, WGC, he was sitting pretty again through two rounds. It was in a really good spot. I started him. I said, boys, come on. You jump on the train with me. Cameron Smith, he's going to go all the way. <laughs> and then Saturday happens where he lost not one, not two, not three, not four, but five golf balls into the water. He rinsed five shots. I can't remember a PGA Tour player rinsing five shots. Maybe Sergio when he made a 13 at the Masters the year after he won, shot 77, bounced back with a 67 on Sunday, five golf balls in the water. Mark, come on. You know, it's amazing, Adam, because you don't see this from this level of player in the world ever. You see the uh, rare, like once a year, someone has a mental meltdown, like Sergio at the Masters, like Jordan Spieth, the 12th hole at the Masters back in 2015, right? You have those moments in a year. We saw John Daly have them on a regular basis once or twice a year. But they're usually at one hole where they have that tin cup moment. The thing that impresses me about Cameron Smith, out of those five golf balls in the water, only one hole took two golf balls. The other three rinse were completely different holes. I mean, that is a potpourri 
of penalty areas he found on Saturday. Just, I love Cameron Smith, though. He played great Sunday. You got to give it to him for the comeback on Sunday. He sure had the spray gun out on Saturday. <laughs> left, right, left, right, left, right. But so looking ahead, I think Cameron Smith's going to be a nice dark horse pick for the majors as we go ahead. And my what this week, we spoke with this a little bit in the last segment, but what a winner concession golf club was. Just an unbelievable golf course. I didn't have many expectations going into it, didn't know much about it, but watching it, it was an absolute treat as a viewer or someone covering the event to see where you could put these different pins. For example, on Saturday, that 13th hole, the par five, oh there's so many players. If you're going for that green, it's virtually impossible to get up and down. You almost have to lay up on a 531 yard par five where a lot of these guys are licking their chops, hitting driver and mid iron the, the way they hit the ball these days. And we saw some pretty high scores as well. Dustin Johnson, world number one, two scores of 77 or higher, his worst finish on the PGA Tour since last July. That just shows you how good or how well this guy's been playing. And then, of course, Matthew Wolf with the wrist injury. Is it blisters? He hit a putt uh, in his practice stroke, 83. Just a, a strange uh, for Matt, Matt Wolf there, but what a winner concession golf club was for sure. It, it was awesome. You know, you bring up the Matt Wolf thing. I, you know, I've been seven years now, I believe, on the play-by-play team for PGA Tour Radio, and that was a first. I never had to call a practice stroke with uh, non-intentional contact before. I was calling that putt. I was like, okay, how, how do you call this? Like, <laughs> that was a little off. But uh, you know what? To put a bow on it, Skulls, for winners weird and what, uh, some of the silver linings in COVID, trying to find positives in a very negative situation. When it comes to the world of golf, we you know, obviously had participation levels in, in Canada and North America like we've never seen before, yada, yada, yada. But at the professional level, we got to see some golf courses that during non-COVID years, you would never get on the PGA Tour. Concession being one of them, Shadow Creek being another one for the CJ Cup. We got to go places and see amazing golf courses that didn't have to worry about 40,000 people on property, corporate hospitality, moving people around, et cetera, et cetera. All the things in a footprint that is a major championship or professional championship they didn't have to worry about. So we got to go to some pretty cool places. Out of all of them, off the top of your head, which, which one was your favorite? I know that's tough. Do you want me to leave it with no, you? No, 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 I, no. I, you know, Shadow Creek, Shadow Creek was really cool. The concession was really cool. This opens up a complete other can of worms, but imagine if the border just wasn't in play and we could bring the RBC Canadian Open to the National or Cabot Links or Cabot Cliffs. Imagine oh, if, that, if we could do that. Just imagine. How good would that be? I said that. Let's, let's go made-for-TV, RBC, yeah. RBC Canadian Open, made-for-TV event, hanging off the cliffs of Cabot. I'm in on that. Okay. Yeah. On the other side, we'll uh, do some leaderboard updates uh, for what happened in the week of golf. We will give you uh, some updates on all things GTC, including 20 weeks of TaylorMade. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. 
Off Talk Canada, Zakino Scully, as we put a bow on our first Monday edition of GTC. Now, our new time slot, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern on TSN 1050, iHeartRadio app online. If you missed today's show, you can always get the podcast at iTunes, uh, GolfTalkCanada.com, uh, TSN.ca, and also the repeat, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on TSN 1050 following Overdrive Monday nights when there is no Raptors or Leaf hockey. Want to give a shout out to the National Golf Course Owners Association, the NGCOA. Uh, normally, we'd be kicking off the Ontario golf season with the Ontario Golf and Travel Show, which was canceled due to COVID-19. We'll be back next year. So the NGCOA stepped up running an online golf expo. It's OntarioGolfExpo.ca, OntarioGolfExpo.ca. Admission is free. You can take a tour of this virtual show from March 8th to March 14th. That's next Monday, March 8th to March 14th, virtual show, anticipating over 125,000 visitors online. It's free to get in, take a walk around, lots of courses, lots of the golf community involved. That is OntarioGolfExpo.ca. Let's get you caught up on leaderboards and happenings in the world of golf. Brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one range finder in all of golf. Go to bushnellgolf.com to see the 21 product lineup. I never play without my Bushnell. Congratulations on the LPGA Tour. To uh, Nellie Corda, the sisters keep getting it done on the victory there on the LPGA at the Green, uh, uh, Gamebridge LPGA Invitational. In Puerto Rico, Brandon Grace, big rock and roll finish, Eagle Birdie for a one-shot win over Jonathan Vegas. It's Brandon Grace's second PGA Tour victory. Limited field event, only 300 FedEx Cup points there. Kevin Sutherland gets it done on the Champions Tour with a narrow last hole victory over Mike Weir. Mike Weir headed in the right direction. Congratulations to Kevin Sutherland on the World Golf Championship circuit, Colin Morikawa, his fourth PGA Tour victory, good for a three-shot win over young gun Victor Hovland. Brooks Kepka, looking like he is back in a big way, a 15-under par. Kepka played awful and finished tied for second alongside Hovland and Horschel. Scheffler rounds out the top five, and uh, McElroy and Reed not having the Sundays they would like. Now, speaking of McElroy and Reed, looking at the official World Golf Top 10, Webb Simpson 10th. Reed ninth, Rory has fallen all the way down to eighth, holding into that top ten. Patrick Cantley, who had to withdraw from the WGC due to stomach issues, hold on to the seventh spot. Terrell Hatton, defending champion this week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, is sixth. Xander Shoffley fifth, Morikawa vaulting to fourth, Justin Thomas third, John Rahm second, and Dustin Johnson a comfortable lead, well above in the number one spot in the official World Golf ranking. And looking at the FedEx Cup top five, Cantley holds on to first, Hovland second, Shoffley third, DJ falls to fourth, and Tony Finau holding on to the fifth spot. Adam, we are back now every Mondays, 10 to 12 on Golf Talk Canada Radio, 7 to 9 with the repeat, the podcast where you find your podcast. But Golf Talk Canada TV comes back next week. Give us an update on GTC television. GTC TV, we are back underway next Wednesday for a special Players' Championship preview show on Golf Talk Canada. Like last year during our restart, we are only hour-long shows as well, where we'll recap the week that was in the golf world. We'll look ahead to the upcoming week. We'll have our TSN Edge Fantasy segment. We'll hear from many reps, you know, whether from Adidas or TaylorMade, about some of their latest product and apparel. 
And, you know, some fantasy stuff as well. TSN Edge, of course, it's your home for all your fantasy needs. We'll each pick three players that we like heading into that week on the PGA Tour. Maybe some value picks as well. We are back on television next Wednesday. We are very excited for that. Wednesday, March 10th, 60-minute Player Championship preview special. Two weeks today. Reminder for the golf season. Any Monday following a major, a playoff event, Players Championship, RBC Canadian Open, if we have one. Not only can you listen to Golf Talk Canada Radio, you can watch Golf Talk Canada Radio as it streams on TSN2 every Monday following a major championship in the world of golf starting Monday, March the 15th, which is the Monday to wrap up two hours of the Players' Championship, golf's fifth major on golf's greatest stadium. 20 weeks of TaylorMade is back and that is the week of the Masters. We are going to give away over $20,000 of TaylorMade product throughout the summer, 20 weeks of TaylorMade, and there's going to be more ways you can win. So keep your ear open and eye open for that. We're going to update you in the next couple of weeks of how you can win. Right now, if you follow us at Golf Talk Canada on social media, Instagram or Twitter, do both. You have twice a chance to win. Follow us at Golf Talk Canada for your chance at those 20,000 products. But there will be more ways coming, and we will get to that. Adam, before we wrap up today's show, only two minutes left. Last week, you were at the TaylorMade Lab. What's in the bag this year for uh, Adam Skelly in the TaylorMade Sim 2 lineup? Super excited to be at the TaylorMade Lab last week. Got fitted for a Sim 2 9-degree driver. Uh, looking forward to trying a little lower loft. I've never had a loft driver that low before. Was hitting some, uh, some, some good speeds out there. We'll put it that way. Uh, and then got fit for some new wedges as well. Uh, 51 degree, 55 degree, and 60 degree for my gapping with my new uh, TaylorMade MB irons as well. So super excited to have these new products uh, in the bag. Mark, you're up there as well. Uh, what'd you get fit for? Yeah, I'm going to be Sim 2 driver, uh, three metal, five wood. I put a Sim 2 hybrid in the bag, which will rotate depending on how many wedges I've got in the bag because mm. I love my four iron. So I doubt seeing the four iron come out. So we'll have to see, but it's nice to have options. Right now, it's the P7MB irons in the bag as well. First time we've ever seen a left-handed forge blade from TaylorMade, so I'm juiced about that. But I just want to play golf. This is the longest off-season of all time, Adam. Let's get out there and start hitting some golf balls. And hopefully we get out, the full province gets out of uh, gray and into red and into other colors, so at least we can hit domes and, and indoor facilities. I know you've got that at Bayview. We've got it at the Toronto Hunt. We just can't get to it yet. I know yours opened up, so... Looking forward to that. Congratulations, Tony uh, Manalekis. Uh, Tony wins our first $100 gift card for Mr. Butcher. It's Mr. Butcher, M-I-S-T-E-R, butcher.ca. And our friends at Sandbagger as well will be part of that grand prize at the end of the summer. Barbecue bash for you and 10 of your friends at the end of the summer. $100 gift card trivia every Monday on Golf Talk Canada. That wraps up our first show. We're back this Wednesday, TSN Edge for your fantasy hits. Next Monday for Golf Talk Canada Radio. And next Wednesday for the return of GTC TV. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21 and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. 
And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.